0: Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take and we will start on the bump today with the, some impressive pitching outings in the MLB. With the dominance of John Means bringing some excitement to the Orioles franchise as he no hit the Seattle Mariners. Means who is now 4-0 struck out 12 and walked none. Seattle's only base runner was Sam Haggerty who after he raced to first after swinging at a curveball that landed in the dirt too hard for, it was for a strike, but it was too hard for the catcher to get with one out in the third inning. And that 1-2 pitch bounced away from the catcher, Pedro Sever- Verneo, and ended up being the only thing that separated means from a perfect game. That makes means the first player to have a non-perfect no-hitter in which the opposing team did not reach on a walk, hit by pitch, or air. Means threw 79 strikes among 113 pitches, including first pitch strikes on 26 of the 27 batters, which accumulated to 12 strikeouts on the day. He became the first individual Orioles pitcher to toss a no-hitter since Jim Palmer against Oakland on August 13, 1969. It was the 10th no-hitter in franchise history. Coincidentally, it's the first time since 1969, there has been three complete game no hitters this early in the season. Obviously it's incredible, it's an incredible accomplishment, but I'm getting frustrated with how lopsided Major League Baseball has become. With hitters on pace to hit a record low 234 batting average, we have to question whether pitching abilities are too great for even the elitest of sluggers. It is just very struggling to understand. And these hitters, obviously, when they do hit the ball, it's amazing to see. But it's so like, you don't really get to see any action anymore out in the field. There's definitely, but it's, it's, it has to be a highlight play because everything's either a hit or a strikeout, pretty much. It's what you're seeing now. But hopefully it'll get better. And these hitters are definitely struggling to hit off these elite aces because when they get in the zone, they're in the zone. And they're literally just like that. No one could probably hit it. And as we've seen, as three as three pitchers have already thrown no hitters, and we're not even a month into the season—just crazy to think about. Here we head to another great talent on the mound, but this one does damage on the offense, uh, offensive side as well. I could only be talking about the one, the only, outstanding Shohei Ohtani. Otani looked a little wild early as he walked two batters to give the Rays a scoring position threat, but he would then go and get a strikeout to get out of the inning. In the third, Otani was getting back to normal, and I shouldn't even say that normal, that would be an understatement. He was fantastic as he stopped a laser right back to him with his glove, flipped it up into his hand like a routine play. Just unbelievable. The Angels would put up a run in the bottom half of the inning with a bases loaded walk. Ohtani would then finish up the next two innings and call it a night after a pair of walks, capping off a 6-walk, 7-strikeout, 1-hit, no earned runs, in his 5-innings of work. The bullpen would hold it down with a double play to get out of the inning in the sixth, but in the seventh, Brandon Lau would launch one to center. Mike Trout, Mike Trout back at the wall, but just too far giving the Rays the two-run lead off of that three-run homer by Lau. Jeffrey Springs would then close this one out, not allowing any Angels hitters to get a hit, and closing the game with a strikeout to secure the series victory. Just a big big win for the Rays and unfortunate loss for the Angels that they dropped that game after Otani had a great start, but his walks just got the best of him. Now on to a late one out in Wrigley with two beloved franchises in the Chicago Cubs and the Los Angeles Dodgers. It was all-out heat on the mound as both Adbert Alzo- 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 Azoulay and Walker Buehler were blowing hitters by left and right as each pitcher had five strikeouts through the first three innings, leaving hitters flustered but the offensive drought was finally broke in the top of the fourth as Max Muncy got a good hold of Azaleh's outside fastball, driving it to left field for the oppo field homer. The Dodgers would come back again in the fifth with Chris Taylor getting a single to start off the inning and then setting up for a Gavin Lux who smacked a line drive down the left field corner for the RBI double to take the 2-0 lead. Matt Duffy then led off the inning for the Cubs with a single to right to be in position for Nick Marcinix, who shot one to center to tie this game up just like that. Big momentum shift out in Wrigley. Will Smith would then do a job in the sixth with a deep, deep sack fly to score Corey Seager from third easily, giving the Dodgers the lead once more. Cubs would get runners at first and third with one out. Dodgers would try and roll roll a double play, but Baez would be safe at first, so Jock Peterson's run would count, tying the game up. Here we head now to extra innings. Max Muncie smacks another oppo shot. This time it would hit off the wall, scoring Gavin Lux, but not Justin Turner as he was thrown out at the throw at the plate, keeping it just a one-run game. Now here's the most dramatic sack fly you'll ever see. Jock Peterson rips a low inside fastball, bat flips it all, thinking it's a 3-1 walk-off, but Mookie Betts catches it easily at the warning track, and Peterson walks away in shame, but it does tie up the game, and he will maybe will go down as the one of the most not ten, top ten plays in MLB history. Big mistake with runners on first and third now as Anthony Rizzo tries to turn two with Baez looking for the double play, but he didn't tag his own base first out for the first out, which allowed the Dodgers to take the 5-4 lead. And here comes Matt Duffy with a big line drive up the middle to score Wilson Contreras from second to tie this one up 5-5 five five in the bottom half of the inning. Oh, it's such a backy fourth intense game. Now here we go. 1-2, runners on first and second, Anthony Rizzo comes up big with the hard grounder through the shift to score Duffy for the walk-off extra inning victory, huge, exciting game with some great baseball from both sides, giving each other a good battle of a game, but the Cubs come, Cubs come out with the win and secure the four-game series sweep of the Dodgers first sweep more than three games that the Dodgers have allowed since 2018 now on to the NBA where we have a good both good and bad superstar injury news let's start with the good news James Harden who we all know has transformed the Nets and is honestly their most important piece in my opinion over Kevin Durant I feel like they win more when they have Harden on the floor has announced he is highly confident that he will return to action with a few games to spare before the playoffs. Harden originally tweaked his hamstring in late March and sat out for two games before returning on April 5th against the New York Knicks. But after feeling some tightness in his hamstring, he checked out after four minutes and didn't return. An MRI revealed a, later that it, that it was a hamstring strain, and the Nets announced he would be re-evalu- reevaluated in just 10 days. Unfortunately, though, Harden then suffered a setback during that workout on April 20th, which has extended his absence indefinitely. Harden said the plan is to hopefully get an opportunity to play a couple games before taking on the postseason. We're just taking it one day at a time, time and I'm going to leave it at that. Between Harden's injuries and various absences from Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the Nets big three has still only played just seven games together. And while no one questions their abilities on the court, there is still some concern about whether they'll be able to return and stay healthy throughout that entire postseason. Personally, I'm concerned. I truly think the Nets are going to need the entire Big Three to take down the 76ers in the postseason and punch their way to the NBA Finals as is the hope, let alone I don't even know if they'll be able to take down a team like the Milwaukee Bucks in a potential conference semifinals matchup. I mean, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both played against that series about the Bucks, and they swept them in both back-to-back games. And that is just, I don't know if they'll be able to make it without the Big Three. In fact, I know they won't be able to make it past the 76ers without the Big Three. Just, although you can see that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, It's good. It works. It definitely works, but it's just so on and off every night. They can dominate against the Suns one night, but then they can also blow a game against a team like the Miami Heat another night. And it's just so inconsistent, but that consistency from Harden getting the ball moved and just letting the scores work in Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Not to understatement that Harden is an elite scorer when he needs to be. But when he, as we've seen this year, he was getting triple doubles left and right, just like Russell Westbrook, obviously not to that caliber. But seriously, it, when Harden is on the floor, this Nets team is just, it's unstoppable. It is, if Harden, if all three of them are on the floor, it is unstoppable. But I feel like without Harden, there is no even possible chance of getting, of winning an NBA championship. As far as the bad news, LeBron James will miss a pair of Lakers games later this week against the inner-city rivals Los Angeles Clippers and our hometown Portland Trailblazers. Sources say that James is using these games to cautiously rehabilitate his ankle for the postseason. This may have been a fine move to sit your star player for the postseason, but but right now, that is just not the case as the Lakers are sitting dangerously close to the play-in tournament with our Blazers right on their tail. If they drop a game to the Clippers, which is likely without LeBron, then they leave it in the Blazers' hands to determine their fate. I know LeBron doesn't take a lot of rest time, and when he does, it's very necessary and important. But now under these high-stakes circumstances, it is really tough loss for your team, I'm hoping Anthony Davis can step up big, but as we've seen, he just hasn't when LeBron is gone, and I truly think he's going to have to if he wants to prove to me and millions of other people that he truly is a top five player in this league. As far as local sports, the Warriors got a great league win over the Staten Eagles with a lot of offensive firepower from young talents sophomore Mia Bennett kicked off the game with an RBI single to drive in Kaylee Sadoff while Reagan Larson followed on an air to take the 2-0 lead in the first the Warriors added three more in the third as Melanie Baldwin drove in Larson from third Bennett followed with another big hit this time a double to left to drive in Emily King and then Kyla Berger drove in Baldwin to end the inning Camden Combs dominated through the first four, striking out seven while only allowing three hits and no runs. However, that changed in the fifth as the Eagles got to her a little bit, finding some momentum off of some of the Warriors' defensive airs, scoring three runs to put the pressure on the Warriors to respond offensively. The Warriors hit their way onto onto the base and found their way off. Off him as they got the Eagles made several airs themselves, which allowed Melanie Baldwin, Presley Ryekeeper, Kyla Berger to score. Baldwin then put this one to rest in the seventh with a two-run shot, her first of her high school career. Of what has been a fantastic freshman season for her and many other talents such as Ry Cuber, very very impressive young group of talents, and they secure the win to, off of 12 hits in a 10 to 5 Warrior victory in a key league matchup. They'll be heading into a tough matchup on Cascade later in the week, but great win there. For the Warriors, huge hit by, of course, Melanie Baldwin, who has a three eighty two batting average on the year. Very impressive for just a freshman, and the offense was great. Definitely got to Combs a little bit, but the way they responded just like that, that was very awesome to see. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you all enjoyed the excitement on the mound in the MLB, as well as Combs, who did very well as well. And I hope you all enjoyed the injury news. I know it's not the greatest. It's very optimistic for Harden. We're optimistic to see him back. Because we want to see the big three more. This NBA, the public has only seen them, the big three, play together seven times. We want more. We want to see more of the Nets, obviously. And then we obviously want to see a Lakers-Nets finals. Who doesn't want to see Kyrie and LeBron duel it out for a championship? But that is looking very sketchy as the Lakers sit out the play-in tournament and LeBron is dealing with not his healthiest of years. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. I'll catch you all in the next one, and I'll see you all later.